This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. It's the MVSP Season 3, Episode 20, The Big 2-0, Brandon. Who would have thought we made it this far in the semester while still keeping the show alive? Crazy times, nonetheless. It's snowing out today. It's not the greatest day to be a Bulldog, especially in Big Rapids, but how are you holding up, Brandon? Yeah, the fact that we had our final like cross-country prep workout in the snow yesterday was so fitting, because now we're going to go down to southern Indiana. It's going to be like 70 degrees. Just kidding. Probably won't be that warm, but it, you know, <laughs> it always works like this, and it's always just a weird time, but... Austin Arquette joining us in the studio. What's up, dude? Austin. Good. How are you? Austin. Austin. Thanks for having me. All right. It's always good to have you, but full slate of a schedule today for the show. We got Fair State Sports coming up, as always, and then we got some interesting takes to be heard, especially from the man across from me about the World Series outcome, and then we'll get into some NFL predictions and more. But first, into Fair State Sports we go. Uh, Going to be a pretty solidly stacked weekend. I mean, it's kind of... St- kind of stinks i won't be able to see a lot of it Hate to see you know it. due to competing but uh first off football gonna be taking out davenport eight no number one in the country for a reason a good reason i'm uh, gonna be taking out davenport is there any reason that we shouldn't be able to put the numbers up we did against them the first time around we should be able to put up more honestly think more because jared i mean jared wasn't there at that game was he i don't it was malik think, and evan yeah, it was malik and evan yeah i was gonna say i don't and think they, jared played that game their defense against the run even with just evan and malik was not good at all i mean we won 38 to zero and they just really couldn't stop anything now put jared in the mix i think he's gonna have a really good game yeah i would just say they need to keep the mentality that they've had the last couple of weeks and not go into it like the svsu game yeah, they and have, yeah, expect that was a, tough a little one. gimme of a nine and zero season, and instead not turn the ball over eight times and basically make themselves have to win that game. Yeah, but I think also, I mean, when we played SVSU, that was the first game that Jared wasn't there, so we kind of had a different approach with the quarterback position and also just getting ready to have a more pass heavy offense because those first three games that Jared played in, we ran Tyler and Marvin and Jared basically all over the field we didn't really pass too much and then when you toss Malik and Evan in we're they're more pass heavy pass heavy guys and so when you throw that in it's just going to be a whole different thing but now that we've been able to implement them a little bit Jared's gonna be back I think we're gonna be pretty solid yeah but you can't always just solely base it off your starting quarterback no yeah I know that. your whole team over no I mean, yeah that's why you have depth and especially the depth that Ferris State has this year I mean, some NFL teams were wishing they have that depth. Yeah. We'll more later on that. Yeah, I mean, we've made the argument. We've had three Division One starting caliber quarterbacks all on a Division Two roster together, and that's a pretty phenomenal feat. But uh, and one I'm, of them's not even a football player. Correct. <laughs> one of them played was lacrosse it, last one year. Of yeah. them was in his first year of football since high school. So I mean, that that's pretty wild. But um, I mean, looking back at the Davenport game, the first time around, I mean, we we pretty much put it to him. I mean, it was 38 nothing shutout. Um, Malik started that game. I mean, he played very well. Evan also came in. He played very well. Um, we didn't run the ball necessarily um, as much. I mean, I think we had like a total of somewhere around, I want to say it was like 
44 running att- rushing attempts, which is mm-hmm. a lot, but it was pretty spread around. Looking back at the the box score, I mean, Tyler Miner was obviously the leader. I mean, that was also like a little bit of Jeremy, a little bit of Marvin in there. Uh, but the fact that we had Malik, we didn't run the ball necessarily as much with him and Evan as necessarily we were looking going into that game. We threw a lot against Davenport is really the point I'm trying to make here. So, And the fact is that's going to change, obviously, because now that we're in November, you're going to be looking more at the elements as far as weather's concerned a lot more closely now than you would be in October and September. So that's going to be a different part of the game. We're going to see more run. Obviously, we just mentioned Bernhardt's going to be back, so we're going to definitely see more running on top of that for sure. And I mean, we got to—I know I got to see them at practice the other day, trying to throw into the wind. And you can—you can tell, like it is a—it is going to be an uphill fight as far as any team going into November and December, where we got snow and we got some wind to deal with. That ground game is going to be important, and the fact that we have established that definitely brings confidence into this game. But sure. I mean, our defense has played really well. Um, we've been able to hold them very I really I think like when our backs are against the walls when we're at our best and that's really been kind of the the key element so far this season especially with like the GV game that was really like the the showdown highlight that you could see um, really just the spotlight moment of yep this this team knows how to play with their backs against the wall but then there's times where we have slipped up you mentioned Saginaw game uh, a little bit of northern last week we saw some some lapses I mean we've had some fumbles we had some interceptions so but at the end of the day, um, I really don't think there should be a difference. It's going to be at Davenport, so I would expect it not to be a shutout. But I think we're still gonna. I think we're still gonna roll in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Davenport's three and six right now, so they haven't had the greatest, uh, you know, season so far. No. But you definitely know that they're going to try to, you know, end it out five hundred. And I don't think they have the easiest schedule to do that. But you know that they're going to come out fighting. So just with Tony and East being able to give these guys good mentality and good uh, head on their shoulders coming into this game, I think we're going to be pretty pretty set for going 9-0. And if you've noticed, every time there's a big turnover game, the next game after that, it's nope. usually pretty clean, yep. yeah. and they score, score, score. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> come back. Come back. Bounce back. Yeah. Common word on this Common program. Common word from Brandon. So um, that game will be um, at noon on Saturday, so if you're down near Caledonia, go check them out. Um, speaking of Davenport, we're going to be playing them in soccer as well, coming up November 5th at 4 p.m. Uh, this is going to be really what I feel like is an absolute crucial game, and I know that game after it has more importance, but here's my explanation. This game really is going to set the tone going into this Grand Valley game. There's no question about it. And just the fact of this is really our... This could be an opportunity for us to really prep for these big road games because, I mean, the way that this these last two games have been, obviously losing up at Tech, you know, Nailbiter, um, losing at home av- against Northwood. Uh, we don't have to mention the score, but it's cursed. Um, so it's still a good situation for us to be able to have that ability to go on the road, get it together before coming back because, I mean, you have that... You have that little aura of, like, this didn't work well last time on this field. I mean, the conditions weren't great. Um, and just being able to play a North, uh, sorry, a Davenport team, playing a Northwood team that was really physical and now going to a Davenport team um, that necessarily is not necessarily as physical um, can definitely bring that different change of momentum, and that can get you your confidence back, especially going up against the top team in the country coming up on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, that's one thing I'm working, looking forward to. I'm not going to be here this weekend, unfortunately. Uh, but 
I'm just hoping that we're able to kind of really set the tone. I mean, we beat Davenport 4-0 earlier on in the year, and we just put on a really good clinic of you know good, aggressive, and uh, and strong soccer. And that's the one thing, too. As going down to Davenport, it's going to be a little bit different of a atmosphere to be in, just being on the road and stuff. But hopefully we can get a couple goals, not go down 1-0, get our confidence back with, with the shots, get some shots on goal, and make them a lot of quality opportunities so that when we come and play Grand Valley State back at home, we'll be able to match it and hopefully not uh, give up a two-goal lead again. Yeah, and we also talk about, I mean, that's another game with the elements. I mean, soccer, you're going to have to deal with the weather and everything like that, and arguably it's a little harder to kick a ball when it's wet. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you got to make sure your footing's okay, you're not falling over. I mean, so I think it, it'll be an interesting thing, and the girls can figure it out. Um, like you said, we beat them already in the season, and just got to keep their heads in the right motion and get ready for that GV game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one thing, too, is it's been snowing like the past three days in a row, so I don't know how it's going to be down in Grand Rapids. Oh, but and the ground is going to be hard yeah, because it's starting to freeze and not be soft anymore. For sure, and especially with I mean them playing Grand Valley State on Sunday, it's just going to be you know an aggressive game, a cold game, most likely going to be wet. I'm not, I don't know the forecast, but what is Grand and Grand Valley? Grand Outside or inside? It's at home. Out, it's gonna be. It's gonna be at home. So it's gonna be. Oh, outside. it's a home game. Yeah. Yes. So it's gonna be just. Which we should have beat them at their place. We yep. should have. Yes. But it's just gonna be a cold, not very fun game to play, probably. But it's gonna be a lot of hard nosed soccer. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking forward to. Yep. Gonna be have to be gritty. That's what this next week's gonna be in test. Because I mean, we got Gleax right around the corner, starting Tuesday, and then probably Friday and Sunday if we make it to the title game. Of course, we hope that happens. So. Uh, it's going to be a fun rest of the way for soccer. I mean, it's kind of crazy that we're almost to the end here going into postseason play. But mm-hmm. really now these next two games are crucial tune-up games because that conference tournament's what matters, and it doesn't matter who's seeded one or who's seeded eight. We've seen crazy stuff happen all the time. Yes, Magic so. crunch time. Yep, exactly. So For sure. Um, Davenport will be uh, at 4 o'clock in Caledonia if those are close by can go check it out and then of course the Grand Valley game Sunday 1 p.m. be here Bulldog soccer field exactly anchor down it's gonna be a big one there's gonna probably be a lot of fans there assuming it's not like wet and sloppy like last game was because that was kind of brutal as far as weather goes that was miserable to film hated that yeah it was brutal to say the least but moving over to women's volleyball they are also wrapping up um, a tough GLIAC schedule this week. Uh, women's are going to be in action on su- or sorry Saturday at Wisconsin Parkside and Friday at Purdue Northwest. So they'll probably be leaving tomorrow or I think to- tomorrow probably. I would assume. Yeah, probably. So um, they'll be they'll be heading out here soon. But really, just keep the train rolling. I mean, we mentioned that so much with this team, but they're, I mean, they're just on a roll. You don't really want to say anything to jinx it or anything. So just just let them do what they do. Yeah. They're they're all away from the rest of the season, so it's like there's no more. This yeah, this is the third game of the of the road trip yep. basically, which mm-hmm. is not great, especially having to go to Indiana then to Wisconsin. So, but that that team, if I had to argue a team outside of a basketball team or even the football team, that team knows how to come together and travel together. Yep, that exactly, yeah. that is one of the best I think traveling teams we have. And they really know how to get each other to buy in. Say one girl's not having a good day or something like that. They know how to lift her spirits back up and get her ready to play volleyball. And those couple hours that they're playing is nothing else. And so I really think that that's a really good culture atmosphere that they have there. And it really shows on and off the court. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we had to travel down to Indiana for the for the Hammond or down to Hammond for the Midwest Region crossover, I mean, we beat Finley, who's a solid team. We beat Missouri St. Louis, and then a couple weeks later, we go down to Hillsdale, which is I think it's what fifteen or thirteen at the time in the country for yeah. a team, and we go down and beat them as well. So I think, and then not only that, but Grand Valley as well. We go on the road to start off that that really tough uh, road trip. But I think it's going to be a solid solid amount of uh, good volleyball to be played. Purdue Northwestern Wisconsin Parkside near the lower end of the table, but they're two teams who you know we can't take lightly. I mean, got to finish out the season strong and get a solid placement for the GLIAC tournament coming up later on this month. But I don't know. Uh, closing out this closing out the road trip is going to be definitely on Coach Tia's mind. Going to be getting their mentalities correct and their headspace correct. And you know, it's not really about the streak. That's what we know about Coach Tia. She doesn't really focus on that. Nor should she want to. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean. I'm sure it's on their minds, but they really kind of put that in the back of their head. So hopefully we can finish out the season strong and get a couple W's and get ready for for, for a tough postseason. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be pretty much on the road the rest of the way. So, I mean, we got Davenport after these two games on next Saturday, and that's then just like soccer going to be going into, going into playoffs mode. So really just tuning up, making sure everything's right, and the fact of really just – keep doing what you're doing. I mean, that's really the only thing you can say with this team because they've been doing so well offensively, being efficient, limiting errors, and really doing a great job defensively of playing clean and really just not making mistakes. And that's a huge part of like playoff volleyball. It's like just not being able to make mistakes, really just playing clean, make the other teams make mistakes because there's a lot of teams that try to outpower us and that's kind of hard to do mm-hmm. so let them make the mistakes let's just play clean um i mean that's what regional top 25 teams should do so yeah and we are one of them i don't care what the rankings say so <laughs> hillsdale's at 19 and we beat them yeah i mean michigan tech is 22 and we did lose them but that that really is the only game that we lost on the road i mean obviously with northern that same trip but those are the only two road games we've lost and those are two tough teams especially going up to the up and i know the committee knows that i'm still salty about it no i don't want to talk about it but they should be ranked and obviously we could show that if we sweep the rest of the way through and win the Gleax, which is a very attainable goal. Mm-hmm. It really it really is with this team because this team is on fire right now. Um, they're going to be playing, obviously, just mentioned it, going to be at Purdue Northwest on Friday at 8 o'clock and then Saturday at 3 p.m. at Wisconsin. So Late make game sure, Friday, jeez. I know. Isn't that crazy? 8 p.m.? Like, that's hockey that's, that's like, like hockey yeah, that's puck hockey. times. Yeah, I mean, I guess swinging we over. We never had to work past like 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, hockey's going to be um, on Friday and Saturday. I believe both games are at 7. Yeah, I mean, both games are home in like well, 7.01 the, and like 7.02 or whatever it is. But Yeah, uh, I think the Saturday game's at 6. I don't know why they have the hour difference and why it's not just the same. But I think, it, I mean, it kind of helps with travels. But, I think um, it's probably for CCHA TV, probably. Probably. Some, sort, some sort of thing in there. But, um, it ain't going to be easy, though. No. Nope. It's not going to be easy. Nope. Minnesota State on deck. Still number 3 in the country if I remember correctly still have the best goaltender in college right now that still doesn't mean we can't knock him out of the game we've done it once we can do it twice that's all I'm saying Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean that that Minnesota State team is great I mean we could talk about how great they are and just 
ramble on and on and on. But at the end of the day, we are being we are playing a lot better. I mean, we've already seen what this team can do against um, some resilient times. Because I mean, after just after last year, that everything that we've went through, we've still been able to prove that we can bounce back. I mean, we've already won three games this year, which is more than all last year combined. As crucial as that was we can still keep moving forward i mean we had that huge win against kinesis the second game um and really just being able to win splits or take splits on the road i think is a lot more underrated than i think people realize because just the fact of going down to another team playing at their place getting used to the environment still playing your best especially like after playing at home and especially playing tough teams that you ha- don't really know much about. Because, I mean, St. Thomas and Kinesa, we haven't played um, until this year. So, really, we didn't know much about yeah. them. And the fact of we learned really fast and we were able to adjust and we were, we were able to beat them de- definitely says something about this team. So, um, I know it's crazy. I know it's tough. But anything's possible. I'll say it. I'll continue to go on the off the hill if that's what it takes to keep going with this team. But I'm going to do that because why not? Go dogs! We can win this. Such I, a spirited young yeah, man. Yeah, such a spirited guy. I think we have a chance to really make it competitive. I mean, especially coming off the win against Canisius, it's a really solid like booster for us. Not being able, not losing when we're ahead in the third period is uh, a win for a, a big win for us. Especially since we're we weren't able to do that yet this year. Ever since uh, the second game against Miami. But, you know, coming into this, I mean, you have Dryden McKay, who is arguably one of the greatest college goaltenders to ever live, and he's got quite the quite the uh, resume for what he's been able to attain. But, I mean, I was talking to uh, Brendan Michelin uh, in one of my classes on the way out, and he was saying, like, they're ready for the challenge. I mean, it's going to be tough. They they have the reputation of uh, being such a good and strong hockey team. I mean, they're great on the power play. They're great on the penalty kill. They're a solid all-around team. They're number three for a reason, but they're ready for the challenge, and they're going to try to defend the home ice as best they can. And I think if they can really get it set up, not dump and chase, and kind of make it so that way the penalty kill does their job uh, more often than not, it's going to be a solid, solid setup for them, but it's going to be a very tough task, yes. especially since Minnesota State's been able to do very well so far this season against some top-tier teams. Yeah, I think the biggest thing looking at this game is we have to play clean, and that'll give us the best chance because when we, we put ourselves on the penalty kill, um, we've been able to do well in the past against some teams. This team's different. This team mm-hmm. is one of the best in the country on the pen, on the power play. They're two four two conversion percentage, which ours is hovering around one three one one three five somewhere around mm-hmm. there. So that just tells you how great. Just the fact that you're able to score one out of every power play. That's a power play goal every game, theoretically, yeah. in a, in a normal game. So that's a, that's a scary number, and that's what this team does. But yeah. They aren't able to score as well shorthanded. They haven't been able to do that. We're one of the be- we're one of the the best teams in the conference at scoring shorthanded. Just making opportunities yeah, happen just, on those crazy. weird plays. It's, it's weird. I know it's weird, but if we put them ourselves in those weird scenarios, we can we can give ourselves a chance. Correction: Minnesota State is two right now. Even better. Like it. Yeah. Even, but I mean, their their schedule. Of an upset. Their schedule has been something else, though. They've been they played reigning champ UMass for the first two games, swept them both times, yeah. split with St. Cloud, who I think is like number three right now, but Definitely at the time they were number five. two. Oh, yeah, St. Cloud's number one right now, actually. Uh, uh, what? Uh, and <laughs> oh, then they've, they've been playing all ranked teams other than Northern Mich- uh, other than to kick off uh, CCHA play against Northern Michigan last weekend, which they did win big, which, 
you know, don't even pay attention to the schedule, boys. We're going to be able to go in there, do some work, and hopefully we end up with a W. Nameless, faceless opponent. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't matter. Rankings don't matter. Oh, yeah. Unless you write a report for an upset of a six or an eight over a six, then then it's a problem. But we've obviously discovered that in our it's last it. show. Um, if you want to check that out, make sure you check that out in the feed. Me and Joe, let's just say, got a little heated about the yep. Michigan Michigan State game. But anyway, that's for you to listen I to. I was there too. Not us. Uh, you yeah. were there at the game? No, I was heated, but I wasn't in the anything else. I sure. was just heated. Yeah. Uh, us Michigan fans are <laughs> salty. Not at certain things that happened during. Officiating? What? Uh, <laughs> all right, he said it. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna make. I'm that an card. official. I could say that. Yeah, that that is true. Austin is a certified high school official, so he can make those arguments. So. It was terrible. All right, there you go. We got uh, emails about it, just saying at the high no school way, level. Really? Yes. No way. Yes. About some of the bad calls. Yes. Oh my gosh! No. Because it's also playoff say? season right oh, now for snap. high schools. Oh my! What were some of the what were some uh, of the notable things? So most notably, if you're gonna come and have a communication about a call, you need to have a proper communication and not just go one guy's gonna take over everything. You need to have a proper communication of everyone's gonna sit in a huddle for a hot second, talk about it out, and make sure you go by the correct abiding rules. If it's not clear and concise, bolded, underlined, it all capitalized. <laughs> Um, it shouldn't be returned. It shouldn't be overturned. It shouldn't be challenged. Like clear and concise. I will only say was the biggest point. If 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 you're sending an email like that, imagine that being your subject, and you read clear and concise. And in, football. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. So the fumble. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're talking about here, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Just clarifying, but there you go. So hey, maybe there was something more to that than not. But like I said, resilient. supposedly I also heard that crew that officiated that game had to go to meetings. Oh Ooh. come on! Don't Hate give us it. this. I don't want to think about that anymore. I don't want to think. Oh my gosh! All right, we just got, saying. Hate we, to see it. We got. I will make the argument though. We cannot give a Heisman runner five touchdowns. True. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Kenneth Walker for president? Question mark. Nope. Okay. Okay. Maybe <laughs> maybe right. president. No. Okay. He's not, like, here's the here's the Frank. NFL draft first round pick. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's probably not going to win, and that's the sad part because it's no, quarterback because, driven. Yeah, because quarterbacks always win. Well, and uh, I really the, wish the there was. I really wish there was more into it than that, because look at who's Kenneth Walker's played versus Bryce Young at Bama. Yeah, true. true? What, what, no wonder you put up all those numbers. Who have you played? Mm. Nobody. You don't play anybody until you get to the final four. Yeah. yeah. And then you're else. always in it. Why are you always in it? Because you don't you play, play anybody and you're always 9-1 and one or 8-1. and one. Yeah. Or oh, undefeated. Like, whatever. Yeah. I think that's whole system screwy, but that's me. Yeah. I mean, at least the playoffs getting fixed next year, but... What else is on the docket for Ferris State, right? Oh, of oh, yeah, we went way off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. If you want to hear our recap once again, you can check that out in the feed. But anyway, cross country is in action. I will be there um, for the Midwest Regional Championships. We're going down to Evansville, um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a great race. Going to see some of the best Division two teams in the region, of course, hence the name Regionals. Um, but I mean, this is gonna be a, a hopefully a fast race. Um, we've had experience with, um, or at least I've had experience with um, the course Angel Mounds um, in the past. 
fast. It can be a very fast course. Um, it is very flat, so if it does get wet, then it might get a little sloppy. So that's the one, I think, the biggest concern going into this. But um, we got a lot of tough, gritty teammates that can really that have done a really good job so heading down there is going to be um, on the men's side Donis Harris Noah Griffith myself Dan Hardesty Ethan Hamilton Brendan Kearney Casey Bowman and Kevin Wilson not in any particular order and then for the women Diana Candela Hannah Brock Callie Delaney Daisy England Katrina Drosky, Sydney Kubiak, Amelia Toplinski, and Melina Strauss. So if you know any of those runners, wish them the best of luck before we get on the bus, um, which will be at noon when this episode comes out here on Thursday. Um, and wish us luck because it's going to be fun. We're going to be taking on all the best teams in the Midwest, which is the best region for cross country. Don't at me. Don't argue. It's not true. Um that anybody else is better than the Midwest. I was going to say, gonna say country. not true that the Midwest is the best, but then you saved it. Yeah. I know where I was going. He knew what he wanted to say. He just had to get there for a second. I was just getting, getting, I was getting you thinking about it because now you're thinking about it even more. That is true. See? See what uh, I did you're there? You're successful, It's I guess. called Mind Trick, Psychological Warfare, but that'll be on Saturday. And you're not a psych major? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> no. I couldn't do it either, so I don't blame you. Maybe. Hey, I took psychology, though. I did, too. Let's just not talk about how class. it went. Let's Learned just not talk about how it went. Okay. That was my worst, <laughs> the worst grade at Ferris. Oh, ouch. It can be a tough class. There's a we, lot we, that goes I through I just could class not here. understand it. Psychology. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. I it, took that one in high school. Yeah, I that couldn't is understand tough. I wish I would have taken it in high it was, school. I struggled. Yeah. But anyway, it's a tough class. But anyway, finally, um, men's basketball will be in hey, action hello. at Xavier on Friday night. Going to be a fun little reunion. Uh, apparently reported Zach Hankins is coming back to his alma mater to watch his yes, both alma maters. former alma mater. Yeah, both his alma maters and good reason why. So um, definitely would be fun to see him there and hopefully we can see a good game. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw what we did against MSU and uh, it, it, it's tough playing an Izzo-led team. That's There's no question about it. But I didn't think we played bad. I mean, it's also the first game in yeah. how long with a new team yeah when i say new and team, also a new team like a bunch of new team yeah well it's, also it's a much different team yeah also when you look at it it's just like you could definitely tell the difference between like d1 talent versus d2 not saying that our team's bad or anything but just like the way that michigan state kind of ran the ball and kind of ran the tempo of the game and controlled it better yep. when they had the ball was very prevalent as well as like what they did when they were kind of like when uh, Michigan State had the ball and like Ferris kind of pressured them, they were able to be a lot more comfortable under those double teams or in traffic situations. And I noticed that when we would drive through and try to cut through a couple guys, we would kind of get out the ball and it would be a little bit more just kind of. Uh, I guarantee, I get, I see, I see where you're going with yeah. this, and I don't, I don't want to cut you well, off, know but word, I know Bronkema, especially in practice. Number one thing is going to be ball handling. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Just I wasn't there, but just watching the highlights and the Michael Peterson story highlights, like you could really see Ferris struggled to hold on to the basketball. Yeah. And it was hard. And I wouldn't even say that it was because of the atmosphere. It was because of playing against D1 guys. It was just... What's your they, first... They, they, it was their first back, actual yeah. game back from a long season. And... I'm sorry, but Ferris basketball, if you look at the roster this year compared to last year, it's a whole different spectrum. I think there's maybe five, six guys that are the same. And you don't have one of your stars in Dang Rang because well, of a torn ACL. A team, you know? And yep. you have a very, very young team. We yeah. have two, we have, I think, just two seniors and we have like 10 freshmen. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And like absolutely three and grad transfers. Yeah, yeah. And grad transfers. Grad I think transfers. there's two or three of those. Mm-hmm. So, and they're all fighting for minutes yeah. because I mean they all have that extra year, but some of them they mm-hmm. only have one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's gonna be. I'm really excited to see what happens like next year and the year after when we have I a do lot of these young really guys. Like these games though, that they do get the exposure. I mean, a couple of years ago it was Duke. Now it's Michigan State. Now it's Xavier. You do get your kids that exposure level, and you also get them to see what it's like to play against that like next level, higher mentality, mm-hmm. and then it almost makes the argument when they come back down to Cloud Earth after playing up in that level and up in those stadiums what the Breslin Center really looks like to them and Mm -hmm. feels like to them Mm -hmm. because that place can get loud. I've sat at that desk before with Rob Bentley. That desk gets loud, and sometimes you can't even hear your own self think, and I think it's very beneficial for those players to go through that and also be able to handle it and just have that remote in their head to tune it out. Yeah. I mean, getting used to environment is something that we don't really – we took for granted – yeah, now with the COVID season happening, like we didn't really think about how much that affects a game. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we, and especially I, now this year with fans coming back, exactly. it's going to be an even bigger factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting acclimated is something that, well, I mean, getting acclimated to the fans is something that we're not used to being like, yeah, that's going to be a huge factor going in this game. Cause you know, we haven't had to worry about that until this last year. I mean, I know I've been up there, Joe was there and you just mentioned that you were there for some of it. Like, COVID games last year were weird. Oh, it was it awful. It was so weird. I didn't like it one bit. It I was, felt like I was at a glorified practice or scrimmage. A scrimmage. And, it's a glorified scrimmage. And I was like, like I don't know why, but like I would always catch myself looking over my shoulders like, where are all the fans? Like when I get out of my chair, like, oh, am I going to hit anybody? Like, mm-hmm. And then like you just pop up and you're like, oh, um, nobody's behind me. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing, too, is, like, when you look throughout the GLIAC, like, what these, a lot of these other teams are going to be facing, like, for preseason, not a lot of them are going to be playing, are playing D1 talent. Like, Northern and Michigan Tech, they're going to be playing a couple other D2 schools, but I think it's only us in Grand Valley who are really taking on D1 talent. Like Somebody's I playing U of M. Grand Valley's playing, or Wayne State played uh, U of M. U and then, Wayne State, yep. Mm-hmm. And then Grand Valley's playing Michigan State, I think, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But we're the only ones that are really playing two or, I think, two, D1 teams before the season actually starts. And that's one thing I'm kind of excited for is just to see, like, we're going to be playing a lot better guys than what we have. But then once it comes to playing, you know, uh, GLIAC teams and a lot more D2 teams, it's going to be a solid and I solid And I game. really like that we're looking at it from the other perspective because a lot of the times, and I know this is a movie quote, but whatever, the longest yard, if you really think about the warden, when he said, oh, I want a gimme game that like so my guys get ready to prep and destroy the team so they're high rolling in the week one of the season, yeah. you really see it more from that perspective when you know you're going to win versus, oh, okay, like this is just like a glorified scrimmage that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But from our perspectives and like the fairest perspective, this is all for more benefits to us. Yeah, yeah. none of us are looking to go win these games, but there's always the what if we did or where's the bright spot? Where where can you show me your strong suits and your player? And this is just more of show me what you can do against a D1 and get your exposure and be better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we we look at these games like we saw MSU on the schedule. 
everybody's first thought is, oh, okay, we're going to get crushed. Where, I mean, we all, we all can understand that and we can, make, we can make our analytical decisions off of that and make our perceptions on how that goes. And I mean, I can be Optimism Prime over here and do what I do and just say, yeah, we're going to win this game. I can see where we could. But, you 24-7, seven days a week? Exactly. I mean, I could do that. And that's yeah. just my personality on the microphone. But right. the fact of it is, is like we know... Bronkman knows, like, going into this, this is about getting an experience against a caliber team. It's not going out there to say, oh, let's just let's just get the, the rust off. Or let's just go, go let's just it's go take this team. Let's get punched culture. in the mouth, and yeah. we'll, get, we'll be better about it. It's like, this is good quality basketball that, we, like, they want to see early in the season. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see, like, go up in the early part of the year, play cupcakes, and then when you play yeah. good teams coming later, that's, that's backfired. Or I mean, you're not able to have that background when you played a good team and you played cupcakes all year yeah i, I mean, mean we talked about it earlier with bama i mean <laughs> so i think another big thing about the basketball team that we really kind of need to focus on a little bit more that a lot of not a lot of people have seen excuse me they're really small ball this year yes they are Remember very they 18 small points in the paint ball. against msu they had 48 like, they do not have the size they used to have and that they've had when they dominated with hankins with cole under the basket and yeah we don't have mason blind anymore when you transfer to football but transfer logan to football. ryan and i think one other kid i think is like seven foot and six eight that's the tallest kids on the team and they aren't stocky like mm-hmm. aiden Lo- shore is probably the one you're thinking of I think it's Dylan, the taller seven-footer. Dylan. I don't remember. Dylan Dombrowski. I can't say his name. I don't want to butcher it. I'm sorry. I already oh, did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Vejas isn't even seven-foot. But they aren't, like, stocky big is what I'm saying. Like Mason Pline, how he was stocky big. Yes. They are, I know where you're going with they this. They are kind of like, and I'm not trying to say offensive, but they're kind of like you, a little small but wow. tall. Yeah, you're skinny. Don't well, I mean, even come at me I mean, like that. Nathan Clarabout okay. is seven. Yeah. Nathan Clarabout is seven foot two ten. Vejas is six ten two fifty. Mm-hmm. Aiden Shore is six nine two ten. So, uh, yeah, but that two ten is straightly like. No, that's what I'm saying is the amount of height that you have. Yeah. Compared to two ten, I mean, I weigh one ninety. Yeah. So like only twenty pounds more, but you weigh almost a foot or you weigh you are almost a foot taller than me. Yeah, I'm six two two sixty. So yeah. But just to see where like that weight disparity is, it's just it shows that like they're not guys who have a lot of meat on their bones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's gonna come and I I honestly think it'll come into play. Don't get me wrong, they have a lot of bounce. Yeah. To get rebounds, to get and down in the, the paint. Techni- they have the technique, but but it's gonna be a lot more small ball, smaller things, especially losing dang rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see I can see where you're going with this. This is a different like as far as how you look at the philosophy of this team, it's not going to be like the eighteen team. It's going to be different. No, it's it's not going to be, gonna be get my ball to the post player who can dominate down there. It's going to be out for a deep. Yeah, it's yep. going to be work it around, see where the open shot is, see if you can drive and get to the hoop. It's not going to be kick it to the ground and figure it out. Yeah, going to be interesting how the season plays out, especially with a little bit different uh, of who we got for players and all that. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back after our sponsor. Are you looking for a place to make an impact? Eagle Village could be the place for you. With over 53 years of experience, making a difference in the lives of youth, there are many opportunities to serve today. Make sure you visit eaglevillage.org to find out where your journey may begin. Eagle Village, where potential soars. 
How about them Braves, boys? <laughs> I knew you were going to start right there, but going into the World Series, I don't want to be that guy, but put up the video, or I'll put up the audio clip right now. Braves look good. I said Braves in six. I'm going to stick to it right now. Braves in six. Called it, and they delivered. What a game. And I know, Joe, you're super I happy. was going to say, <laughs> I, I know, I said Braves in four, and then I said Gentleman Sweet, but I don't even care. Braves got the W in Regardless, I'm not even a Braves fan, like I said, but I'm just <laughs> glad that Houston just did not get the W. I love that. I yeah. didn't want Houston to get it only because Verlander wasn't pitching in any of the playoffs because of his injury. And I was like, you know, after the whole scandal with them, they don't really deserve it. I mean, they didn't deserve that one. They don't deserve to even be in it. I mean, they just got lucky on a hot stretch. And then... Like, they didn't really do anything flashy in the World Series, but then you get the the whole mindset of the All-Star game was robbed from the Braves. I'm sorry. However you want to think about it, that All-Star game was robbed from the Braves, and a lot of that team would have been on the All-Star team. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, you take our All-Star game, we'll just win the World Championship, and then you can even look stupid for not giving us our All-Star game. Yeah, I just find it crazy Whoa. for what they were able to do throughout this whole season. I mean, they were, I think, like an eight, barely squeaked in the playoffs. They were eighty some win team. Ended up going on to beat the Dodgers. Ended up going on to go to the World Series. Nobody thought they were going to win because the Astros were there, and they thought that the Astros were going to do something good. But no, Astros said we're going to shut the door on that on that crap right there, and we're going to go win. Game six, Dansby Swanson goes yard. Freddie Freeman goes yard. What a way to end it! Two it was, guys who it, are born who are born to be Braves. Yeah, they, they it was beautiful to, to watch a highlight this morning of when Rizzo caught a ball and the Cubs won it, and then the same thing Freddie Freeman caught a ball and that was the game. Yeah, and yep. he just the celebration the on guy their who's face. Been, who's uh, been with the Braves for so long and is able yes. to be a part of the last out? That was incredible. Yeah, I mean it was so fun to see. A team that was had their backs really against the wall. Nobody really believed in that team. I mean, we all thought they were a good team where they wants to hold the chip at the end of the year. And some people didn't believe so. And it was just really cool to see this team come together and really rally behind. Because, I mean, you lose Acuna for the whole season halfway through. And, I mean, they were they were struggling at parts of it. They had to go look for outside help. They get Eddie Rosario in one of the crazy, the funniest trades ever that the Indians wanted Pablo Sandoval back, and they gave up <laughs> a World Series champion in Eddie Rosario now. Um, and then they get Soler from the Kansas City Royals, who hit an absolute That was a bomb. bomb. What yeah, a, that was one that cleared statement. the stadium, right? What a yeah. statement that was. Yeah. When he, he just stopped, threw his uh, bat on the ground. Oh, my gosh. That gave me chills. That won in the World Series MVP right there on the spot. No that question. Made me think of, no uh, question. That made me think of the, uh, what's his name, uh, Jose Bautista, when he hit that home run, just through the bat. Oh, my gosh. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah, and I mean, this team really did it on both sides. Just like we were talking about, Joe, like the Houston Astros were looking heavily offensively, and there were two games that they got with that offense. But in reality, like Braves pen, Braves starting rotation, not as they good got as the job done. When they got rid of Cole, I knew that they weren't going to be anywhere near the, the caliber that they was when they got, uh, I mean, they only got, what, Granky right now? 
like Austin, you said Justin Verlander was uh, injured basically throughout this whole uh, or about throughout the whole offseason basically. So I was honestly surprised that they made it to the World Series, but I knew when they got there that they were definitely going to be working on or hoping to last on just getting on a hot streak and just making it so that way their bats could get through uh, through because. Their pitching was not going to be able to no, win, not a, at all. win them a World Series. Especially when you look at their pitching rosters that they lost versus what they had to deal with. Yes. You, they were solely going off their hot streak that rode them through the playoffs into the championship. And it's almost like a tale of two stories. You know that the first time they were there, the whole sign-stealing scandal, we all have kind of gone through and talked about it. But then you get back to this time, and you're so depleted on your defense without a pitching game, it gets a lot. I mean, all three of us have played baseball. It gets a lot harder for a defense to sit out there and get three outs when your pitching game is weak like it was. Yeah, and especially when you're giving up, you know, two to three home runs a game. Yeah. I mean, Jorge Soler, I mean, he had, what, two or three home runs this postseason. Uh, Danny Swanson gets one last night. Freddie Freeman gets one last night. That's only fitting. And, I mean, this whole time when you're, especially at Minute Maid, wait, no, not Minute Maid, is it Minute Maid? I forget what theirs. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, Minute Okay, I was going to say SunTrust for Unless, some reason. Right? They, no, wasn't no, it? no, that's actually the new Braves stadium. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, like when, you're, when your offense or when your defense is able to kind of hold it down and be able to, you know, get, you know, uh, like outs when need be, but your pitching staff gives up home runs and gives up those. I mean, first game of game or first inning of game five, grand slam gets given up. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really do much about that. And you know their pitching was just not on par to what a championship caliber pitching uh, rotation should have been. Yeah, and I mean you look back at a lot of the Braves dominant teams. I mean, especially in the '90s when they had guys like Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, those guys. Not necessarily saying this team was equivalent to that. We can't we can't compare that. But I mean. They got the job done on the defensive side, and that really gave the offense stress-free. And, I mean, they were able to get the job done when it mattered, especially with guys on base. You mentioned the Grand Slam, and, I mean, the Solaire home run really were the, the pivotal moments in those games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's it's hard to come back from those times, but I think the most important part is that Drew Smiley got a ring, so now our Tigers 2015 GOAT pen and starting rotation now all have rings outside yeah. of Detroit. How fitting is that? How fitting. Man. Story of our lives, just like Stafford's about to get a ring this year. <sighs> it's bad. We're, we're great for we developing talent. Up, we could, we're just not good enough to keep him on. Yeah. I mean, right now. Salary cap in baseball. Yeah. Put it on. yeah. Also, Detroit needs to spend this offseason or Avila needs or Avila needs to leave. I or think, Illich I needs to give up the I team. I think they need to leave regardless. So, that's, so you know what that means? Correa? He's down in the dumps. He lost the World Series. Now go give him a chunk of cash to make him feel better. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's what you got to do right go now. Go back to your multi-million dollar house and go in your multi-million dollar car that you have and just go drive off and be happy now. Literally. That's what you got to do. But um, fun series. Going to be excited to see how this ends up next year. The city of Atlanta deserves it. They haven't won a championship since 96. And it's going to be a fun parade yeah. there for is the a, city there of is a, Atlanta. There's a video I saw. It's like... George or Atlanta, the city of Atlanta and just the state of Georgia has been deprived of championships for so long. It showed the Falcons losing in the Super Bowl. It showed Georgia losing to Bama in the national championship. It showed uh, what else did it show? Um, and then it showed like the Braves just like losing a whole bunch of games. And then it just came up and it just like finally got it. Yeah, I mean, really, it's yeah. So great to see. So great to see. Wonderful. Hey. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm, yep. The trash shows. 
Lost. Trash shows. Only fitting. Only fitting. But going to be, I mean, I'm really excited for this offseason just because we're going to see all the guys uh, go chip chasing. Um, I mean, especially like Jock Peterson going from the Dodgers to the Braves to get back-to-back rings to see if anybody tries to follow in that footsteps because I know two rings is better than one if I can do the math correctly. So going to be really exciting, especially in Detroit. We feel like we're on the up and up and it's time to spend. It's time to spend. It's time to spend. So let's go get some players. I mean, we already just got Tucker Barnhart via trade breaking news. So that's going to be an interesting move acquiring the Reds catcher. So, hey, we're already willing to spend, I guess. That's a step in the right direction. But it was a trade, though. So really did it count? I don't know. Got to I mean, fork up the money. He's still at some taking point. his salary cap on, so true. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, wrapping up this shorter show, we wanted to make sure you guys weren't listening all day long. But we're gonna do our NFL predictions here, um, starting with Thursday night football, which will be tonight when you listen to this: the Jets and the Colts. Joe, you taking the Jets and Mike White? Yes, I am. Oh, yes, I go. am. Mike let's White's go. gonna keep it hot. I guarantee it. Oh man, that's a good one. Austin. I'm gonna say the Colts defense holds them back a little bit, and you don't get the Cinderella story. And Carson Wentz takes it from them. So Colts. Jets by Jets by All seven. Right. I'm gonna say Colts by seven. Carson Wentz has a bounce back. Colts Atlanta, by ten. At, ooh, okay. Atlanta uh-huh. against New Orleans. This will be the first game without Jameis. Is that trouble for New Orleans? No, mm, not no. with their defense. No. Okay. New Orleans by fourteen. Yeah. Whoa, 14. Dang. Joe? I'd say by 10. All right, I'm going to take him by three. Denver against Dallas. Dallas at home in this one against the Broncos. Dallas by 10. Yeah, Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas by 14. New England and Carolina. Peril, 500 squads looking to break the threshold. I'm going to say New England by six. New England by six. Joe? Mm-hmm. New England by, no, Panthers by six. Ooh, Panthers by six. I like that one. I'm going to take the Panthers by three. Cleveland against Cincinnati in this AFC North showdown. Cincinnati by ten. Yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati by seven. All right. I'm going to take Cincinnati by 14. Don't question it. Uh, Buffalo against Jacksonville. Buffalo, not even a question. Yeah, no, no, not even a question. Buffalo by 30. Houston against Miami. (laughs) Um, Battle for tanking? I'm going to go Miami, but by three. Miami by three? Yeah, I'll say it's going to be close. Like Miami by three or six, somewhere in between there. I really want to pick the Texans, but uh, I don't know. Brian Flores on the hot seat. He needs to win. I'll say Miami by four. Vegas against the Giants. No Henry Ruggs for the Raiders. I still give it to the Raiders, um, but I think it'll be a lot more closer because you're not going to have such a big impact, but you are still going to have Hunter Renfro. So Raiders by six. Raiders by six. Okay. Yeah, Raiders. Raiders by six. Raiders by six. All right. I'll play contrarian. Giants by three. Why not? Why not? Green Bay against Kansas City. No Aaron Rodgers. No Rodgers for the Packers. Is that enough for the Chiefs to get back on track? Uh, I I say no. Yeah, I was going to Green Bay, I think they can handle it out. Green Bay by three. I never thought I'd say it. Green Bay by 10. Arizona, wow. San Francisco. Little NFC West matchup. Arizona by 4. Arizona by 7. Arizona by 10 for me. This one's going to be a fun one, boys. Tennessee and the Rams. Sunday night football. Rams by 10. Rams by 10. Rams wow. no by Derek Henry. Yeah. Rams no Derek by Henry. Yep. And you trade for Vaughn Miller. You know right. what? That pass Rams rush by is going yeah, I'm going to say slow slow the roll on the scoring difference. I'll say Rams by two. 
since or it's almost in Cincinnati for the final game. Pittsburgh against Chicago. Monday night football. Steel curtain gets it done. Question mark? Pittsburgh by six. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. Pittsburgh by six. All right. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh by I'm gonna say five. That's, don't a, that's don't. an interesting score, but okay. <laughs> Pittsburgh by We've five. had very interesting scores in the NFL this season, though. That is true, but hey, I'm pretty hot with predictions right now, right? Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs. I mean, so, you're I not mean, terrible, I, but I mean, yeah, could my, be better. My rates, are, my rates are on the way up, so if I'm going to get crazy, why not do it now? Well, you crazy, know. you're already there. But yeah. well, Imagine when Pittsburgh wins another game 15-10. to 10. True. Ah, interesting but those are our picks make sure to follow them on this nfl sunday it's going to be fun in week nine but thank you so much for joining us austin we appreciate you hopping in the chair thanks for having me guys for sure and if you want to be in that seat make sure that you follow us on instagram at the mvsp and respond to our shows let us know if you want to be on the show and you might be the next Austin Arquette. Whoa, question mark? What? Good luck with that. Okay, right for the, the big shoes to fill. That is true. But anyway, Joe. Take care, everybody. Bye.